Thanks for joining in on another episode of Cast the Word. It's part three of our spiritual fitness series, and today we're going to be discussing meditation. Thank you all so much for joining in on another episode today. If you miss any of our other episodes in our spiritual fitness series, then I encourage you to go back and check those out. You can find them in episodes number 24 and 25. And today we're starting part three of that series. And we're discussing in this series the importance of fitness, not for just the physical man, but for the spiritual man as well. Fitness is needed to build up your strength and endurance like we discussed in the prior two episodes. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about the importance of mental fitness from a spiritual perspective. From a secular perspective, today meditation techniques and methods tend to represent New Age beliefs and techniques, and they may represent a type of inner reflection. And to be clear, that's not what we're going to be discussing in our approach today. New Age techniques teaches us to empty our minds and seek inner reflection, but that's not our focus here. Christian meditation, on the other hand, recognizes that there is nothing good within me to reflect upon, and instead of emptying my mind, I'm going to fill my mind with the Lord and with His Word. For the purposes of this podcast today, we're going to be discussing the importance of meditation from a Christian biblical perspective. Meditation is important for our Christian spiritual fitness, and today we're going to discuss the maintenance required for building our mental focus so that we can continue working out spiritually. The mind is a very powerful tool, and any fitness coach will tell you that the mind is very important to ensure success in our physical fitness journey. The same, I would argue, is true for your spiritual fitness, and I believe the key to this is strong, Biblical Christ-focused spiritual meditation. So let's dive into that today. From a definition standpoint, meditation is to think deeply or focus on one's mind for a period of time. And like I mentioned, the secular world may utilize the techniques of meditation for spiritual enlightenment or other reasons, but from a Christian standpoint, we too must meditate, but we must meditate on the Word of God and on our spiritual journey. Meditation and prayer helps to open God's will for us in our lives, and it helps us be aware of the spiritual warfare that may be around us. It may help equip us to fight those battles and to also endure in our earthly lives here um, as well. So it Meditation is just so important in our Christian lives. And as Christians, how do we meditate is the question I want to ask today. And what does it mean to meditate from a Christian perspective? Well, I believe the answer to that question can first be found. It can be found in many different places. But the one I want to start out with is Psalm chapter 1. Psalm chapter 1, verse 1 through 3 says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bring forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. The word of God tells us that we must meditate in his word day and night. We must learn to meditate the scriptures. And in order to do this properly, we have to slow down in our lives. And I know that I've been discussing this a lot lately, but I feel that it is necessary to go over it just one more time. In our lives, we must learn to slow down. We must learn to make a diligent effort to carve out time in our day to spend with God. 
It's necessary. If we are to be spiritually fit, it's necessary for us to carve out this time and make time to work out. We can't expect to be spiritually fit if we don't work out. And the best regimen to ensure we are spiritually fit is to start with biblical meditation and prayer and spending time alone with God. Too often, many folks speed read the Bible. I've been guilty of this myself, and I'm sure you might be able to relate to that too. We tend to, in our flesh, kind of feel a sense of accomplishment if we burn through some chapters or maybe even an entire book of the Bible in you know a small period of time. The problem with that is that, for me personally, I have a harder time retaining what I've read if I cram, cram, cram a ton of chapters in a short period of time. And I don't believe that's the way the Bible should be read either. The Bible is a spiritual book that is alive and powerful, and we must read it and respect it as such. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is living and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The Bible is full of spiritual nuggets that must be dug out, dissected, studied, and applied. You can't get into the depths of the Word if you speed read through it, I believe anyway. And we got to read all of it, Old Testament and New Testament. And I just want to talk about that for just a second. Many people stay away from the Old Testament because... We no longer live under the old covenant. Since Christ came, we're, we're in the new covenant, obviously, so a lot of folks tend to neglect the Old Testament. But there is so much to be gained from the Old Testament, and the God of the Old Testament is the same God in the New Testament as well. He's the same God. He has not changed. And there are spiritual revelations that we can dig out of the Old Testament that can be applied today. And if you're interested in some of those revelations, then I recommend going back and listening to episodes number 13 through episode 16, where we focus specifically on some Old Testament stories that we can derive spiritual lessons and apply in our lives today. So if you're interested in that, go back and check those out if you haven't already. The Old Testament must be read, guys. It must be studied along with the New Testament. And we know we're not under the Old Covenant, we're under the New Covenant, but we got to understand that there are spiritual applications that we can apply to our lives today. So back to my original point, I don't believe that you can really meditate on the Word of God if we speed through it. At least I can't, I should say. Sometimes it's good to just take one verse and meditate on that verse, claim it for your life, believe it, memorize it, and do that over and over again. One of the many reasons meditating and memorizing scripture is so important is when the war starts to rage against you. And there will be a season in your life, if you haven't experienced it already in your Christian walk, that a war will rage against you. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world. So we have to understand that spiritual warfare is a real thing for us in our Christian lives. And if we don't meditate the Word of God, we won't be prepared to fight that battle. So sometimes it's good just to take one verse and maybe meditate on that, memorize it, uh, believe it, claim it, and do that over and over. Because when all hell breaks loose against you, this is when you can pull out your weapon and combat the enemy with the Word of God. You won't be prepared to do that if you do not spend time meditating in the Word. When Jesus was about to begin his earthly ministry, he spent 40 days in the wilderness to fast and pray. Now Satan came and tempted Jesus during this time and questioned Jesus' identity and who he was in the Father. Three times Satan tempted Jesus. The first time Satan said to Jesus, If you are the Son of God, then command that these stones be turned to bread. The second time he said, If you are the Son of God, 
throw yourself down, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you. Now notice here that Satan even used a Bible verse to attack Jesus. Satan knows the scripture, so keep that in mind. And the third time Satan took Jesus and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory and said, if you fall down and worship me, I'll give you these things. Again, he questioned and attacked Jesus' identity in the Father because we know that Jesus is the head of all governments, rulers, and kings of the earth, according to Revelation 1 verse 5. Yet all three times Satan tempted Jesus, Jesus responded by saying, It is written. If Jesus didn't know the scripture, he wouldn't have been prepared for that battle especially when Satan even quoted scripture back to Jesus. We must spend time meditating and even memorizing the scripture so when Satan comes to tempt you, you have enough ammunition to come back and say, it is written. If you don't meditate, you won't know what's written. This technique will also help us not to sin against God as well. And we read that in Psalms 119 verse 11. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Psalms 119 verse 15 says, I will meditate on your precepts and contemplate your ways. Meditation on the scripture is a must-have in order to build on our spiritual journey. The second thing we must do when we meditate is consider who he is and what he's done. I like this article I found online that outlined an excerpt from Jonathan Edwards on this very topic from one of his personal diaries. The excerpt says, And as I was walking there in my father's pasture, I looked up to the skies and clouds. There came into my mind a sweet sense of the glorious majesty and grace of God that I know not how to express. The appearance of everything was altered. There seemed to be, as it were, a calm, sweet cast or appearance of a divine glory in almost everything. God's excellency, his wisdom, his purity and love seemed to appear in everything, in the sun, moon, and stars, in the clouds and blue sky, in the grass, flowers, trees, in the water and all nature, which used greatly to fix my mind. I often used to sit and view the moon for a long time, and so in the daytime spent much time in viewing the clouds and sky, to behold the sweet glory of God in these things. In the meantime, singing forth with a low voice, my contemplations of the Creator and Redeemer. And scarce anything among all the works of nature was so sweet to me as thunder and lightning. Formerly, nothing had been so terrible to me. I used to be a person uncommonly terrified with thunder, and it used to strike me with terror when I saw a thunderstorm rising. But now, on the contrary, it rejoices within me. I feel God at the first presence of a thunderstorm, and used to take the opportunity at such times to fix myself to view the clouds and see the lightnings play out and hear the majestic and awful voice of God's thunder, which oftentimes was exceedingly entertaining, leading me to sweet contemplations of my great and glorious God. And while I viewed used to spend my time, as it always seemed natural to me to sing or chant forth my meditations, to speak my thoughts in soliloquies, and speak with a singing voice. Meditating on what God has created is really eye-opening to me. And I know Jonathan Edwards, you know, the way that that's read, is it's kind of hard to, to read, but the gist of what he's saying there is that when he looks around and sees nature, he sees God in nature. The thunderstorms, the clouds, the skies, the moon and stars, all of it speaks back to a creator. To be clear though, in no way am I meaning to worship the creation. I want to really highlight and specify that here. I need to be clear about that because a lot of New Age meditation techniques do include a type of worship towards nature. 
But from the Christian perspective, however, we can spend time in nature and acknowledge the majesty of our Lord. The nature God has created should point back to His works and His majesty. We do not worship the creation, but the creation worships the Creator. And from a Christian meditation standpoint, there is something extremely powerful about nature when you have the correct perspective that it all points back to Jesus. And we read about that in John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. All of creation points back to Jesus. So spend some time meditating on who He is, and also what He's done, and what He created by just the spoken Word. When we spend time fully considering the majestic glory of the nature of the Lord, it works wonders on our spiritual outlook in life. It will give you a new outlook on nature when you consider the fact that the heavens declare His glory. I like how Psalms 19 is translated in the Passion Translation, so I want to read that to you here, just a couple verses. God's splendor is a tale that is told. His testament is written in the stars. Space itself speaks His story every day, through the marvels of the heavens. His truth is on tour in the starry vault of the sky, showing his skill in creation's craftsmanship. Consider when you look out, and I know I mentioned this before, I, I recently wrote a blog. If you um, haven't checked it out, uh, you can go to castleword.com, go to our blog page. It's the most recent one called A Fresh Perspective. And I've talked about this in other podcast episodes as well, but there is something special to me personally about going out on a clear sky and looking up at the scars. It really just points to how massive our universe is. And when you consider, again, we're not worshiping the stars or or ascribing to astrology or anything like that, but when you consider the constellations in the sky, when you consider the stars and the planets and, and really how small we are in, in comparison to you know, the galaxy. It is so amazing to think about the God that I worship spoke a word and created everything around us. It really just points to how big he is. And and I believe as Christians, we got to meditate on these things a little bit more. We got to really contemplate and, and consider how big our God is. And the fact that he's so big that he spoke and in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and nothing was made that was made except by him through Jesus. Everything was made. He spoke and created the galaxy and 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 the earth and nature. And when you go out on a clear sky and you look up, you really see how small you are. We're that small, but yet he still chose to come out of eternity into time, take on the walk of man, put on the flesh suit, and walk the walk of man, and die on the cross for you and me. How awesome is that, that despite how small we are and how big he is, he loves us enough to have come and died for us, and that is so significant. We've got to think on these things, guys, and when you do, for me, and I believe it does for you as well, it sparks something within me. It causes me to rise up a little bit on the inside and, and makes me feel rejuvenated and able to tackle um, whatever may come my way during during the day. So it's so important for our spiritual fitness to think about those things. Consider the things he's done for you in your life as well. What has he delivered you from? What has he healed you from? What has he kept you from? Think about what he's done for you to make sure you've gotten by in the past. If you think back and maybe you have no miraculous stories to reflect on, then I'd encourage you to think again 
Think again about that. Christ died on the cross for you so you could spend eternity with him. His blood that was shed covered you, is covering you, and will continue covering you so long as you abide in him. This act alone is sufficient to meditate and reflect on what he's done for you in the past because his blood is still saving souls and it is by his grace alone that we are saved. And finally, guys, from a meditation standpoint, a Christian meditation standpoint, we've got to consider prayer. You don't have to have a lot of words or speak King James language when you pray. Let me just clarify that. We just got to talk with God. We just got to spend time in prayer talking with God. And this is so important in our spiritual fitness journey. Prayer is important when we think about spiritual meditation too. It helps us to make sure the fog in our mind is cleared out. Prayer makes things in our life seem more clear. And prayer helps us to obviously build upon our relationship with God too. So from a spiritual meditation perspective, prayer and the Word of God go hand in hand. We cannot discuss meditation without highlighting the significance of the Bible and prayer. They are the tools necessary to have a good mental focus on our spiritual journey. If you want to be spiritually fit, then you must accept the fact that prayer and the Bible are your workout routines and your diet. The Word of God is manna sent down from heaven for us to chew on and consume. It's the energy we need to go through our day. And prayer is the workout routine needed to build upon our strength and to build our endurance. Before we work to build our strength, we must meditate and pray to God that we have the wisdom, knowledge, and ability to build upon our strength, our spiritual strength, and our endurance through Christ, of course, not by our own works. Because when you pray, we've got to consider the fact that it's through Christ that helps us to achieve whatever we need to achieve today or overcome whatever we need to overcome today or you know, be delivered from whatever we need to be delivered or healed from. And, and when we pray, we can't be quick about it. we got to make this a daily routine, and we can't be quick. We can't just say, Lord, help me, bless me, keep me. We've got to dive deep into a fervent prayer. And I recommend... This is what I do. It may help you. It may not. But I try to turn on some low soaking music and get away with God alone. There's power in music with the Lord. And I believe that the Lord loves music. We read it all throughout the book of Psalms. You know, 2 Kings 3.15 says, But now bring me a musician. Then it happened when the musician played that the hand of the Lord came upon him. We can't forget that God loves music. And for me personally, it may not help you, but it helps me to just turn on some low instrumental soaking worship music and spend time uh, praying and worshiping him alone. It definitely helps me clear the fog and connect with God. And I know I need to do that more as well. I think that the daily routine of our lives tends to separate us from those activities. And I, I'm not ignorant to the fact that I fully believe it's a device and tool used by the enemy to prevent us from praying. But I believe if we all do a better job praying, then we can combat what we're being faced with in the spiritual warfare that we encounter every day and be better prepared to fight those battles. So um, I encourage you, I encourage myself as well. You know, this is comes through me too, that we've all got to do a better job praying and spending time with God alone. Some people enjoy, you know, as part of their prayers to write things down and journal as well, whatever works for you. My point here is just to encourage us to really focus on our prayer life. Leonard Ravenhill once said, no man is greater than his prayer life. What's your prayer life today? You know, consider the frequency in which you pray and consider the fact that according to this quote by Leonard Ravenhill, which I believe he was a very powerful man of God, 
No man is greater than his prayer life. If you study his preachings and, and his messages that he's taught over the years, you know, he's passed away now. Um, if you go back and look at those, he's the man when it comes to one-liners. I mean, he can he can really sting you with his one-liners, better said convict you, because it really speaks volumes to uh, what he's trying to get at. So check him out too. If you guys don't know about Leonard Ravenhill, he's a He's a really awesome, powerful uh, man in the Lord now in glory. But some of his his quotes are are very encouraging, very convicting as well. He does a good job afflicting the comfortable, um, but uh, really kind of eye eye opener for for me to consider things like my prayer life, for example, like we're talking about right now, uh, Christian meditation, spiritual meditation, um, and how important prayer is there. So just a little caveat about that. Prayer is so important yet so overlooked by the church today, I believe. And I'm not talking about, again, like a a bless me, keep me, help me prayer. I'm talking about fervent, red-hot prayers that cause strongholds to be cast down and chains to be broken. That's the type of prayer we're talking about today. And as a church, we've got to learn to fall on our face again. It's so important to the spiritual fitness of each and every one of us, and arguably the number one key point to our spiritual meditation journey. So if you've listened to all this and you're confused on where to start, then I'd recommend starting with Psalm chapter 139. Pastor Sam Storms wrote an article on Crosswalk that discusses this very topic. It's actually where I found that Jonathan Edwards quote that we talked about earlier. Psalms 139 verses 1 through 10 says, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thoughts afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down, and are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You have hedged me behind and before, and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. The pastor of this article says, Focus your attention on the inescapable presence, the intimate nearness of God. Issues of posture, time, and place are secondary, but not unimportant. The only rule would be do whatever is most conducive to concentration. If a posture is uncomfortable, change it. If a particular time of day or night is inconvenient, change it. If the place you have chosen exposes you to repeated interruptions and distractions, move it. He says, I enjoy watching football on TV as much as the next guy, but trying to engage with God's word during the huddle is hardly an effective way to experience its power. It's a great point he brings up. I like this because it reinforces Matthew 6, verse 6. But you, when you pray, go into your room... And when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. To truly be successful in this endeavor, we must find some quiet time alone. If you have kids running around the house like I do, I know it makes it even more difficult. But we've got to try to find quiet time to get alone with God, to meditate on the scriptures and memorize the scriptures so that we're prepared to fight that battle. We must find quiet time alone to reflect on who he is and what he's done so that we can be rejuvenated in our spirit and be reminded of the awesomeness of the God that we serve. And finally, we must find quiet time alone to pray because prayer is the answer that you will find repeating itself through this podcast because it's just so important to our Christian walk. No matter what our topic is, 
understand that prayer will help whatever topic we're talking about. Prayer is just that important in our Christian walk. Friends, I hope you have enjoyed this episode and understand the importance of how each of these episodes are really building upon each other. They are all necessary in order to live a successful and spiritually fit life. We must have spiritual strength, we must have endurance to win the race, and we must have a lifestyle of Christian, Christ-focused, and biblical meditation. These are essential traits for us to be successful, friends, and it all depends on our relationship with Christ. Not religion, but relationship. If you haven't yet, please visit castleword.com, scroll down to the bottom, and sign in for our email newsletter. You're not going to be bombarded, and your email is not going to be shared there. It's just a way for me to connect uh, personally with you guys. And also, don't forget to check us out on our social media pages. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find us by searching Cast the Word, and you can follow us and like us there as well. Guys, thank you so much for joining in today. I hope you've enjoyed this series so far. We start another episode next week. Stay strong in the faith and I look forward to talking to you then.